0: The title of the message this morning is The Nobleman's Faith. Would you please say that with me? The Nobleman's Faith. As an introduction, I'd like to say that over and over again this year, we have focused on scriptures of faith, stories of faith, principles of faith, and I really believe that it's been the right thing for us. I believe that this has been on the Lord's heart for us. Our theme, building up your most holy faith. And the theme scripture from Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, must continue to build your most holy faith. Faith is a thing that can grow. It's a muscle that can be exercised as we step out and trust God in certain situations for the Lord to use us, for His power to flow through us. And so we need to be growing in our faith. Now let's look at a story that speaks about operating in faith. Looking at John 4, verse 46 to 54, reading from the New King James Version. It says, so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman, now a nobleman being somebody in the king's service, serving under Herod, there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for his son was at the point of death. Verse 48. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. It's almost as though what Jesus said was kind of putting the man off a little bit. Let me comment on that verse before we carry on reading verse 48. Is that Jesus is actually addressing the crowd here, not just the nobleman, because he says, You people. Yeah, you want to see all these things. You want to see all these things, and perhaps Jesus is a little frustrated at what they're saying, and he points out that people want to see before believing. You know that statement, seeing is believing. But let me tell you, when it comes to you and I as God's children, the Lord Jesus teaches us that we must first believe. You hear that? We have to first believe and then we will see. In the kingdom of God, it works very differently. Let's carry on reading in verse 49. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Can you see the nobleman is quite persistent? Even though Jesus had said something which maybe could have put him off a little bit, he's like, Okay, okay, okay. But can you please come down? (laughs) Can you please come down? And uh, before my child dies, verse 50, Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. Those are the words of life. So the man believed. Don't you like that? The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. Verse 51 on the next slide. And as he was going down, his servants met him, And told him, saying, your son lives. Can you imagine the rejoicing as he's hearing the news? Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, that is 1 p.m., the fever left him. So the father knew. I like that. That it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This, again, is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. But just take note, the preceding verse says that he himself believed and his whole household. This was somebody who was not a follower of Christ, who in the process of seeing how God works so wonderfully, he became a follower of Jesus. And so here we have a story of the healing of a young boy. I don't know how old he is, but Jesus healed him. And I want to say to you, isn't it wonderful that Jesus is a healing God? Amen? Isn't it wonderful? Jesus healed then, and Jesus heals now. Just earlier in the service, we read to you a testimony of someone who had a cyst in their eye, and as a result of prayer, the specialist confirmed the cyst is gone. Jesus still heals. Now, some insights into the story. I like to always look a little bit of what's actually going on here, a bit of context, what was it like? And, So, some insights is that the distance from Capernaum to Cana, which is uh, where the nobleman came from, he came from Capernaum to Cana, where Jesus was, was about 32 kilometers. Those days, it would be considered as a, a day's journey. It was also mostly uphill. And so the nobleman had demonstrated a fair amount of effort to come and see Jesus. 32K journey, a lot of it being uphill. That's also why he said to Jesus, would you come down with me from Cana to Capernaum? It was a downhill for Jesus. Also realize this, that the nobleman had a terminally ill son that he was now leaving in order to go and seek help. That tells us that the nobleman must have been desperate, desperate to see the situation turn around. And the nobleman believed that Jesus could do something. I want to ask you today, do you believe that Jesus can do something? with what you are facing. And that's why the nobleman came to him. And actually he was quite persistent this man. He was quite persistent and actually that's a sign of true faith. Another comment is that the nobleman he was of the opinion that Jesus would have to come in person and be physically present at the bedside of his son in order to heal him. But as it turns out that wasn't necessary. Now, three points I'd like to share with you. Number one, in desperate situations, even at the point of death, God is fully able to bring healing and breakthrough. Please say that with me out loud together. In desperate situations, even at the point of death, God is fully able to bring healing and breakthrough. Do you believe what is said there? Because it's based on Scripture. In the verse in verse 47 of John 4, it says, When he, that's the nobleman, heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was, say those four words with me, at the point of death. Would you agree being at the point of death is serious stuff? The situation he was facing was life-threatening. This was a critical situation. It wasn't just like, hey, my son's got a sore toe, ingrown toenail, or a slight little bit of a headache. No, no, no. It was at the point of death. And sometimes in life, you and me, we face situations that are much the same. We really do. This is a large congregation. We hear of lots of things that the people of God face in this congregation. And sometimes there are things which are very life and death. They are very critical situations. And it's never easy. But I ask you this question if you face something like that, how do you respond? Do you freak out? Do you say, well, it's not even worth serving God? Do you say, I'm never going to trust again? Do you say, I'm sick and tired of praying. God never answers my prayers. How do you respond? And I want to caution you that you be careful how you respond in critical situations. Because how you respond is very important. So do you respond by freaking out? Or do you say that God is my fortress? And he is my shield. And I serve the God of the breakthrough. May you be responding in faith. The scripture says in Isaiah 35 verse 4, it says, Say to those who have an anxious heart, that might be some people here today, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. That's the God that I serve. Now, let me ask you this. Are you perhaps currently facing a situation which is at the point of death, maybe for the vast majority, not at all. You say, John, it's so happy in my life, I've been fe- I feel like I've been tickled by a yellow bumblebee. <laughs> or you might say, John, you know what, what you're saying today is so for me, because it is desperate, and I'm so glad that you're talking about this. And so you might be facing a situation like that. Maybe your marriage is such that it's at a point where you say, John, my marriage is too far gone. Maybe you're in a business situation where it is literally at disaster point. Maybe you are facing an addiction and you say, John, in terms of this addiction, it is at the point of no return. You might be here today and you say, John, it's very serious. My body is at an advanced stage of disease. I want to say to you today, but God. But God. You see, God will have the final say in all of this. And sometimes I've discovered that we need to come to the end of ourselves so that God can step into the situation. Please, please say this after me. God can turn it around, even at the point of death. Nothing shall be impossible for my God. And we see in the book of Acts that Peter ministered to a man who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. The scripture is found in Acts 9, verse 34. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. By the way, it's spiritual to make your bed. Chuckle, chuckle. Arise uh, and make your bed. And then he arose immediately. You know what? I love these words Jesus the Christ heals you. And I want to say to you, sir, ma'am, these words are still applicable today. Jesus the Christ heals you. Won't you say to the person next to you, Jesus the Christ heals you? I love it. Now, interesting to note there's some stages of faith that we see in the nobleman on the next screen that we see that his faith actually grew. Firstly, he believed enough to ask Jesus to come heal his son. Secondly, he believed Jesus' declaration that his son would live and he acted on it. Thirdly, we see that he and his whole household became believers. And in essence, this is saying there's stages of growth in faith. And remind yourself that my faith can grow. Let's go on to point number two. God's word plus faith equals miracles. Please say that with me. God's word plus faith equals miracles. You might find that interesting. The scripture in John 4 verse 50, it's on your screen. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. So those phrases that are in bold, your son lives, and the man believed the word, I find that very powerful. I ask you this, is this perhaps a formula to seeing healing? I never want to just say, quick, quick, A A plus B equals C. I'm very cautious to say that, but You know, this is consistent with countless other miracles that we see in Scripture. It's the same principles that are being followed as we see in this formula. So if it is a formula, here it is. It's on your screen. God's word, which is basically, what did God say? Your son lives, plus faith. The man believed the word equals miracles. What happened? The son was made whole. I would submit to you that this is very important in our walk in trusting God to see breakthrough, miracles, healings, and supernatural things. As we respond to the word of God in faith, we will certainly see results. And so the the nobleman's faith Uh, Let me say this. The nobleman's response is very important because he operated in faith. He didn't walk away discouraged that Jesus didn't come with him. No, he just took Jesus at his word. And in response to that, he came into agreement. And that's what you and I need to do. We just have to take Jesus at his word and come into agreement with that. Verse 50 in the Amplified Bible says the following. Jesus answered him, go in peace, your son will live. And the man, I love this phrase, put his trust in what Jesus said. God is wanting you person listening to me today, God is wanting you to do the same thing. To just, we're just going to put our trust in what Jesus says. I mean, after all, who else do we have to go to? He has the words of life. And so I want to encourage you, be childlike, put your faith in what Jesus said. And do you know that the nobleman, he could have missed an incredible miracle if he had become offended that Jesus was not going to come with him. He could have said no ways. I'm an important man serving under King Herod and Jesus doesn't want to come with me and he could have been offended, missed out and actually seen his life the life of his son snuffed out. But praise the Lord, he wasn't offended. He chose not to be offended but rather he believed. Do you know that there's another story in the Bible where a man was offended at the instruction of God. A sick man needing healing, he was offended at the instruction of God. And it's found in the story of Naaman. Uh, And Naaman came to Elisha because he had heard that Elisha was the prophet in Israel. He had come to Elisha for healing. Now, firstly, as Naaman is outside of Elisha's house, Elisha doesn't even go out to meet him. So offense number one, Naaman is chipped off because he's an important man. The prophet doesn't even get out of his house to come and see him. The prophet just sends a servant. And the prophet says, through his servant, go to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And how did Naaman respond to that? Well, the bottom line is he was furious. He said the rivers of Damascus are better than any of the rivers of Israel. i got better rivers from where I come from. Don't come and tell me this nonsense. I must go dip in that river. Not even as clean as my river. Wow. He was offended and he went away. As he's busy going away, his servants beg of him. They say, sir, please just obey what the prophet has said. And so, I don't know, kind of under duress, but at least he did obey. He goes and he dips seven times in the Jordan River, and he is healed of leprosy. Instantaneously, he's healed of leprosy. And the scripture says about it that his skin became as healthy as that of a young child. Don't you like the fact that God does a proper miracle? Amen. Come on, say amen. He does a proper miracle. And sometimes you and I can be disappointed when we don't see the breakthrough in the way we expect it to come. I want to encourage you, obey anyway. Obey the instruction of the Lord in any case, and you will see the results. The important thing is that we just take Jesus at his word and obey. Period. That's the important thing. Because, yeah, the nobleman obeyed even without any visible proof. Jesus just said, your son lives. He couldn't see that his son was better or alive and well and everything was fine. But nevertheless, at your word. Reminds me of the disciples. They're in the boat, they can't catch anything. Jesus said, put your nets on the other side. And they say, nevertheless, at your word. And they put the nets on the other side. I wanna tell you, as we exercise our muscles of faith in order to see breakthrough, obedience is absolutely important. And so when you, without seeing any visible change, act on what God says, I want to tell you that is faith in action. It is. Now, the initials BMW, I wonder what that means to you. How about this? Believe my word. Say that with me. Believe my word. All the BMW uh, drivers are very happy about that one. Point number three, it's amazing. At the same time you pray here, God can heal there. Think about that. God can use you to see answers to prayers far away from you. In this story, it was not necessary for Jesus to be physically present to perform the miracle. Because here's the thing God is omnipresent. And God is omnipotent. This means that He is present everywhere and that He is all-powerful. This means that God can release His power at any location on the face of the earth. That's the God that you and I serve. I love that. He can release His power anywhere because He's omnipresent and omnipotent. And verse 52 and verse 53 in John 4, it says, Then he, that's the nobleman, inquired of them, the servants, the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, 1 p.m., the fever left him. So the father knew that it was, look at those words, at the same hour. I love that. At the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And I just love this because this is the way our God works. God is not limited to the limitations that you and I might have. But as we pray to a God who has no limitations, we can see things beyond the natural. Things which are supernatural. Come on, say amen. And also the healing here that took place, it was not gradual. It was an instant healing. At the same hour, the fever left and the boy was healed. Sometimes healings are gradual. But praise the Lord, it's so exciting when a healing is instantaneous. So, folks, I guess in my humble but accurate opinion, just kidding, that's a joke, this would be called a long-distance miracle. Do you realize that your God does long-distance miracles? And as far as I'm aware, this is the only such instance, uh, sorry, there's only one other such instance in the New Testament where there was this kind of a long-distance miracle. It's when Jesus healed the centurion's servant. It was the same basic thing that took place. Uh, Listen to this statement. It's on your screen. Distance was no problem because Christ has mastery over space. Won't you say this after me? God can do long-distance miracles. I believe it in Jesus' name. And by the way, I've often heard testimonies of this. Where God wakes up somebody in the middle of the night, waking up 2 a.m., you don't know why you're awake, there's a person on your mind, and you pray for that person. They could be in another country, and you pray for them, and you go back to sleep 20 minutes later, and a little while later, you discover that in that very same hour that you prayed, God was protecting that person from a severe situation. And this should actually encourage us in our prayer life to realize you don't have to be geographically present. You can pray in your life group. You can pray in your quiet time. You can pray from where you are and see dramatic changes further afield. You and I can pray right here and we can see a drought turned around in the Western Cape. We don't have to go to the farm with the most severe drought to pray there. We can pray here because God has mastery over space. So let this encourage your prayer life. Be convinced that your prayers are just as effective as if you were there in person. End of telling you a little story. So a few years ago, I go to visit one of our members in hospital. I can't even remember what the exact situation was, but it was serious. And and, uh, usually they allow pastors to visit outside of the uh, visiting hours, And so here I am, I'm ready, I'm outside of visiting hours, wanting to go and visit and pray for this member. And I encountered one of those sisters. You know one of those sisters, they look like they've got big forearms like this. They've got a couple of pips here, maybe a chip as well. (laughs) And uh, this was quite a mean-looking sister. If I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, but she may have had a mustache as well, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Anyhow, she was very, very firm, So I said, I'd like to see so-and-so, I'm the pastor, I'm here to pray for them. And she said, "Uh, sorry, pastor, you cannot come in right now, it is not convenient, you can just pray from outside in the waiting room. (laughs) Pray in the waiting room, okay? So I must say, I was, if I'm honest with you, let me just tell the truth and shame the devil, I was slightly annoyed at what she said to me, slightly annoyed. But you know what? She was right. (laughs) She was actually right because the distance makes absolutely no difference. I understand that maybe if the person saw me and as the pastor, it does bring comfort by having the the presence of, of somebody there to pray for you. But in terms of the actual breakthrough, it makes no difference whatsoever because our prayer is no less effective from a distance. And I'd like to end off by making the statement, we serve an almighty God, and He is able to act in any part of the world at any time, because that's our God. Come on, give a hand of praise to the Lord. Come on, say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. Let's stand as we pray. Father, I thank You that Your message to us concerning faith is coming through. Lord, would you still continue to help us build up our most holy faith? I pray that your people, as they encounter situations that require prayer in this week, that we would pray with more faith. That we would come into agreement with you. Just take you at your word and believe you and act. Period. And we say that, God, you are greater. You are a miracle-working God. You're a deliverer. Your power is endless. And we will not settle for a substandard Christianity. We will endeavor to push forward and see everything that you have in store for us. I declare over the people of God, faith is rising. And we thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all say... Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful Sunday.